Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. When I was I was thinking back of uh, what I was going to be preaching on today, and I I was thinking of something that happened in college when when I, I was I was there. And I never realized how many years ago college was. <laughs> it was like, it's actually 50 years ago. So I said, well, man, I can start my sermon off like the Gettysburg Address. And two score and ten years ago, I was in college. Well, I used to, um, I used to play a lot of sports. One of the uh, sports that I did play, that I participated in, was track. And uh, I was on the... Uh, 440-yard relay. I don't even know if that exists anymore because everything's in meters now, so it's probably something different. But uh, there were four of us, and we would have to run 110 yards each. And there was this baton. It's not a baton, but it looked like this. I took this off the end of a a broomstick this morning. (laughs) But this is about the size of it. And uh, we used to practice, I remember, handing off the baton because it was almost, uh, I mean, other than the speed of your racing, it was the most important part of the race was to be able to take this baton in full stride and make sure that, you know, you got to that next person and then give it to him in full stride so that they were running. And you had this uh, 10 yards... Uh, space area where you had to do that. So there was a timing that was always involved where you're standing on, the, on that one line and you, you start running. You can't go over the 10-yard line that, that is up there. And you have to get the baton from that person. You have to make sure you don't drop it because you're going to lose the race if you drop it. And kind of take it in that full stride. And uh, it was very... It was an interesting race because there was a coordination that had to happen um, among the four people. And we always had our two fastest runners. One was always the first runner, and the other fastest runner was the last runner. And he would have to make up all the difference that we would kind of lose in between. I was one of the middle runners. I was the second or third. And it was just a great to work together with, with all of these guys in, in doing that. And I think what God was reminding me is that the baton that we have to pass is like our Christian walk. Our Christian, in our Christian walk, we pass a baton also. There are people that come before us, and there are people that are going to come after us and we're kind of like in between there, taking the baton from some of the people and then moving on into some of the others. So that's what I want to talk a little bit about this morning. But let's pray first. Let's get, make sure God's involved in this so that we uh, grow from this and understand. And that's what we do, Lord. We, we just pray that your Holy Spirit take over here. And uh, as he does that uh, you will tell us the things that we need to hear, the things that will help us grow. 
and draw closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, how many of us believe that God has given us a purpose? Now, this is not a trick question, but how many believe that God has given us an eternal purpose? Okay, so we lost about half the hands <laughs> that we had from the first question. And that's, that's probably a good thing, so that we understand a little bit about what we're going to be talking about this morning. Uh, there is an eternal purpose. Eternal, uh, God is eternal. So God has no beginning, no end. So has God always had a purpose for us? And is that purpose going to continue on? And I really believe, yes, it is really an eternal purpose for that reason. And I said it's not a trick question because as you know, somebody might say, no, I don't, I don't agree with that because, and they could probably make a good case of it also. So it's, it's not one of these things where I could take a scripture and say, see, it says it here. Doesn't really, but, and that's, that's okay. It's one of those things that, uh, hopefully I will grow and learn a little bit, uh, as, as we go along. Let me get my notes out so I don't miss a lot of things as we go along. So I want to take you into Hebrews first, chapter 11, a a chapter that many of us are familiar with, okay, kind of like the hall of fame of all the people that have done great things for God. And we see lots of, lots of things being brought out in here about different people that existed a long time ago, but served God and had a purpose had an eternal purpose because it got passed on to the next person. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read chapter 11 to you, but I'm just going to go through some of the uh, people that we see in, in chapter 11 because a lot of these people have done things that led up to what we experience today. So they talk a little bit about Abel in, in verse 4, about Enoch in verse 5, that uh, disappeared one day, was in heaven. Okay, of Noah in verse 7, and then it gets to Abraham. They talk a lot about Abraham in many, many different verses, starting in verse 8 and going on through. And then we see uh, uh, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph all along the way. Uh, just so many great people that served God. And let's go to verse 38, and it says, Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves on the, of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. See, there's a connection here. They will not be made perfect apart from us. So we are connected with all of these people that have gone, that have gone before us. And I want to show you something back in Malachi, right at the end of the Old Testament, chapter 4, verse 5. And it says, Behold, 
I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. Now see the connection here with the past and with the future. We all have children, and, and uh, but we, we are children. We are children of our dads who had dads before them and so on and so on, on into the past. Okay, so we are connected with them, but we are also going to be connected with the future, the coming. We have children, we have grandchildren, okay, going on into the future. And I believe this verse does not just refer to the immediate families that we have, but also the families of God, people in the future, people in the past. Now, look at the last, the last part of the last verse. It says, And the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. You see how important these connections are. All right? They're, they're not something to be taken very, very lightly. Because of these connections, these things that we have from the past and into the future, all right, if th- those Connections don't occur the way they're supposed to, that uh, God will strike the earth with a curse. It's very, very important to see that. I want to take you into uh, something that uh, brings us into, into our own country, where God has placed us here. And I want to show you the connections that we have and then where we're, we're going to go with that. So I want to take you into Acts chapter 17 very quickly. In verse 26, it says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grow for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God gave us, gives us boundaries and a time. So what are our boundaries? It's where we live, all right, right now. We are living in the United States, and we are living here at this time. There's a purpose for that. God has given us a purpose here, and as we'll see later, God has given our country a purpose so let's take a look at some of the people that came before us so that this is our past that we're going to build on. So starting with Christopher Columbus, all right, going back. Christopher Columbus read Isaiah 40.22. And Isaiah 40.22 says, God sits enthroned above the circle of the earth. Now, when he read that, at that time, everybody thought the earth was flat, right? He read that, and he says, what well, doesn't make sense if the earth is flat. So, in his mind, the earth must be round, which led him to get the ships that he got and, and the uh, amount of money that he got from the king and queen and to discover a new world. Then the pilgrims, about 160, 25 years later, 
the pilgrims come along, and they want to establish a, uh, a city on a hill. In America, they come and they bring Christ to America, and that their purpose was not just to find a new home, and it was for religious freedom because they were struggling in Europe, but also to bring Christianity to whoever happened to be living, Native Americans at that time, in, in America. About a hundred and so on years later, George Washington becomes our first president. In his inaugural address, he talks about a providential agency, talking about God establishing uh, our nation, our country. Years later, Charles Finney, uh, praying for revival, the city changing revivals in our country. All right? And then Martin Luther King, right? years later, the dream of racial healing in our country. Okay? These are all things that have purposes been established through the years in our nation. Okay? This leads right up to us. A lot of these things aren't totally accomplished. Do we have racial healing in our nation today? All right, we're still far from that. All right, part of our purpose to bring about these things or to at least to continue on with things like Martin Luther King established, things like revivals like Finney has established. Now, when we think about a lot of these things come through prayer, And when we think about praying, a lot of times we put God into this box and we say, well, there was a time for Charles Finney and there was a time of the revival. There was a time for Martin Luther King. And there's a time, you know, for us and things that are going on today. But in God's mind, there's only one purpose. You see, these are not separate things that have occurred in history. God has one purpose. He has put us here on the earth to give him glory and honor and praise and to bring about what Pastor Curtis talked about two weeks ago, bringing God's kingdom onto this earth. Okay, That's what all of these things have been leading toward. We have the privilege to be able to be part of that. Okay, it's also a responsibility. Okay, so we, we have two, two of these things here that we have to always think. It's a, it's a privilege and an honor that God has given us through prayer and through the actions, whatever those actions are that God shows us to do. And as we do them, to bring about God's kingdom here on the earth. All right, and it always starts with prayer, and the prayer will lead us into action, whatever that might be. There's so many things today that exist that God could have us get involved in. And here's this balance that we have. We don't want to do things out of guilt. We don't want to look and say, gee, uh, CareNet has uh, things going on, and they're always looking for volunteers. CareNet now is supporting Faith House. They always need volunteers to do that. And there's tons of organizations that are looking for things. So how do we, how 
how do we navigate this without dealing with and saying, I feel guilty, I've got to do something, so yeah, I'll pick that one. You know, that's not really what God wants us to be doing. But God is going to lead us to some action somewhere along the line. And this is where the, the prayer comes in. We can unite our prayers with everyone, every prayer that has gone in the past. That's the neat thing about prayer. It's eternal. Okay? It's not boxed off in, you know, the, there was a revival then, and, and now we're praying for a different revival now. No. The revival has just got to continue. The prayer for the revival can continue, and our prayers can unite with all Charles Finney's prayers and anybody else that prayed for revival in the past, for revival today. So what's our part? That's what we have to figure out. And it's, it's not a matter of sitting down with pencil and paper and figuring it out. It's asking God in our prayer time, what do you want us to do? Where do we fit into all of these things that, God, you have led us to and you've placed us here, as Acts said, Acts 17 says, he placed us here at a specific time with the boundaries for an eternal purpose. And that eternal purpose is just a continuation of everybody, everything, every purpose that he gave throughout the ages. All right? So that's everything that we, we have to look at from the past and try and fit into. But that's not all he wants us to do because also there is a future too. There is a purpose that we have to try and pass on to uh, others. Let's take a look at um, 2 Kings chapter 2. And I want to show you how two people, one person passed on their purpose to another person. So 2 Kings chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 9. And so it was, when they had crossed over, that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened, as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it. And he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, 
Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over it. So here's an example of what we need to do, too, as far as the future is concerned, to be passing on the things that God has given us into, the, into people in the future. Now, the, probably the most important part is, is, is in our homes, obviously with our children and our grandchildren, but it's not just our homes because it's within our body of believers, Bridge Builders Church here, and it's within all of the people that we, we come into contact with. This is going to be our, our legacy. Our legacy is really important so that what we have, we pass on. It's always a goal of every parent that their children actually surpass them spiritually. And that's, a, that's a, just a really great goal to have, to have children that surpass you. And if your children have that same goal, all right, then your grandchildren will not only surpass you, but surpass your, your children. So that, those are really neat things. If we look at our nation today, all right, we see how much it's in moral decline. Uh, it, a, a lot of it, it, when you look at the church in America, you can see why the country of America is declining morally because the church has not done what it's supposed to do. Of course, we are the church. So there, there's one, there's always repentance that has to be involved. As Christian Americans, we have to uh, repent of what that. But Ephesians 5.15 says that, let's see, it tells us to redeem the time. Redeeming means to buy it back, right? We, I think God wants our nation to get back to what, we, what he had established as the purpose of our nation from the beginning. I think our founding fathers saw that purpose. I think the pilgrims saw the purpose in the beginning. But I think our founding fathers did also. All right, you can see it. You can see it in the Declaration of Independence, and you can see it in the Constitution. All right. God is a prime mention in each of these, and the purposes of God are, are really there. But we've gotten away from that. We've, we've walked away. And we, we do have this responsibility now because we know the Lord to pass on what our founding fathers uh, had planned in the beginning and uh, to try and bring that more to fruition, more to what God had planned right from the beginning. The Bible says that it is righteousness that exalts a nation. And it's not money, it's not power, it's not pleasure. But God bless you. But if you look at the United States today, this is basically what you see. You see power, pleasure, money as being the prime thing, the most important thing. We do not, we do not see righteousness as being very, very important today. 
So to bring about, to, to get out of this moral decline, to get out of this, um, the fact that uh, uh, transform, uh, transformation is uh, needed, to get out of the fact that um, there, there's not a whole lot going on in the church that's bringing this out, um, this is where we have to say once again, where do we fit in? What things can we do? There are many organizations that are interceding for our country. And it's not that we would necessarily have to join one unless God, God leads you to do that. But there should be some time of prayer, whether it's something that you organize yourself. In other words, you have a small group of people that you get together with. Or if you feel like, I don't really want to organize anything, but I'd rather join something, uh, search out. You can even Google this. There are, there are organizations that exist that are already there that you can join, pray with. Uh, they will bring things to your attention that need to be prayed for. And uh, you could pray, you know, like we, we belong to the intercessors of America, and we actually pray on the phone with thousands of other people. And there are things that are brought forth. You say, well, how can you pray with a thousand people? It's because one person will say, this is what we're praying about now. Let's pray that this happens. And then everybody kind of joins in over the phone and prays for that. And after a couple of minutes, then that would end, and then you talked about something else that, that you pray about. Sometimes uh, once a month we get on the phone and there's an expert in a certain field that he's been involved in the certain field that needs prayer, like our education field uh, was the last one that we had. And uh, in talking about what needs to be prayed about in education and what's going on in some of the schools today, then everybody, thousands of people, join in and pray about that specific thing. So these are things that uh, we, we can try and do. Remember, we're going to be passing a baton on to other people, so we want other people to be able to uh, join in and, and do some of these things. And I think back to the days of Moses and Joshua. Remember when Moses led the Jewish people through the desert? Other than Joshua and Caleb, everybody died. Okay, But the people that followed Joshua later into the promised land, they moved on. They were the next generation. We don't want to be part of the people that just kind of die off. We don't really do anything. You know, there's, uh, there's so much that uh, can, can happen as far as prayer is concerned that can impede our prayers, and we don't want any of those things getting into the way. There is only, you know, God, when, when we pray, God always wants to answer our prayers. That's his heart. Sometimes he can't. And that's because we get in the way. There's a couple of things in Scripture that tell us what things could possibly get in the way. One is in James chapter 1. 
And if you want to go there, uh, I will read this with you. James chapter 1. I'll start in verse 5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So doubting, unbelief, that can get in the way. God wants to answer our prayer, but if we doubt and there's unbelief, we are stopping the answer to that prayer. The other thing uh, we find that will uh, bring about unanswered prayer is in Mark chapter 11 and verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Really important that there is no unforgiveness uh, in, our, in, our, in our lives that will interfere with the answer to prayer. So as, as we're praying, let's see what things God leads us into. And as God leads us into, to take on that action. Okay, Because there's two things that are going to bring us out of this, that are going to help us to pass on the baton, all right? to make sure that we accomplish the purposes, those uh, those. Um, I just lost the word. <laughs> the eternal purposes that that God has given us uh, in in this life, so that uh, we just uh, glorify God, bring His kingdom onto this earth. So, Heavenly Father, we we thank you for this morning. We thank you for all that you show, for all that you do for us, Lord. And Lord, please help us to see what things that you would have us do, what things that you would have us get involved in, okay, that we do not do anything out of guilt, out of guilt, but uh, uh, to know what your will, what your eternal purpose is in our life, and to, and to follow that, Lord God. And uh, as we do, Lord, to pass this on to others, that we uh, would be to continue this uh, prayer life that uh, we've had, seen people in the past have, we've seen people in our own nation have, and we can pass this on also in the future, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.